Spirit. Greetings to the 12 tribes in quarantine, home arrest, house arrest, but we will be victorious. Baruch Hashem, Yahuwah. Blessings to all of you guys out there. Thank you for your continued support and donations during this time of scarcity. And remember, Continue to give us thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We are in the days of Passover. These are the days of unleavened bread. And tomorrow is the Feast of First Fruits and day one of the Omer count. Now, what we like to do through the Omer count is work through the beautiful, blessed Psalms. On day one of the Omer count, you read Psalm 1, Psalm 51, and Psalm. 101, day 2, Psalm 2, Psalm 52, and Psalm 102, and day 3, Psalm 3, Psalm 53, and Psalm 103, so on and so forth. You read the whole book of Psalms through the 50-day count. What a blessed, blessed time it is to press in, because we are looking to turn from that barley harvest to that wheat harvest, from animal food to the one new man. We want the spiritual manna, and that's what we're looking for. Who knows what this world's going to be? like in 50 days. Let's count and we can count that Yahweh is with his people throughout these trials that we're going through. Revelation chapter 7 today. I'm excited and blessed to be here and blessed to be back in the word of Yahweh. So be encouraged out there. I know we're all on house arrest. I know we're all in quarantine, but Yahweh is on the throne and we will be victorious. This is just the kings of the earth, Satan empowering the kings of the earth to wear down the saints. But he's not going to wear us down. We are counting the Omer. We're pressing into Yahweh and we know the end game is the king of kings is coming back to redeem his people. So don't be worn down. This is all part of just wearing down the saints. And this is our time to boot up and be ready for whatever comes next. 50 days and we'll see where that takes us. Revelation and chapter 7 verse 1. Baruch Hashem Yahuwah. And after these things, I saw four heavenly malachim, angels, standing on the four corners of the earth.
holding the four winds of the earth, and the wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor on any tree. And I saw another heavenly angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living Elohim. And he cried with a loud voice to the four heavenly Malachim angels, to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea, saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, until we have sealed the servants of Yahuwah in their foreheads. This is the sealing. This is the sealing of the saints. Revelation chapter 7, we have the two multitudes. Number one, we've got 12,000 from all 12 tribes. And number two, we have a great innumerable company from all 12 tribes, peoples, tongues, who are martyred in the great tribulation. Look at verse 4. And I heard the number of those who were sealed, and there were sealed 144,000 from all the tribes of the children of Israel. And now these aren't as so many commentators say, these aren't 144,000 Jews. I hear that all the time. Oh, 144,000 Jews. No, no. This is 144,000 from the tribes of Israel, all 12 tribes. This isn't something like we were taught back in the evangelical Zionist community where, you know, everybody's raptured away and then the 144 Jews that are left behind, 144,000 will be saved after the secret rapture. No, this isn't 144 Jews. It's not 144,000 Jews or Jehovah Witnesses or any group from your favorite pet doctrine. Okay? Because that, again, is just religion. This is all 12 tribes, the household of faith. And we know the true names are sealed upon the servants of Yahuwah. Revelation 14.1. They are sealed to do what? Now's the time. In this time of desperation, this is the time to proclaim the name, the name of Yahuwah and his kingdom during a time of fear and panic. There should be a people that walks around proclaiming the name of the king. And the Bible does not teach that the 144,000 are the only ones to be saved in the last days. If you read on, you'll notice that it's a great multitude, a great multitude that will be saved. But the question that we all want to know right now in this time of trepidation when the world is changed and we're all on lockdown, well, what is the mark? What is the mark of the beast? What is the mark of Yahuwah? What is the seal? There's so many exper experiments going on in society right now. We need to be wise to what is kadosh, holy, and to what is profane, because they are 
trying to roll out profanity whilst we're all inside. So this is a time to be super wise, super discerning, and counting and numbering our days. No better time right now than to begin the Om account. No better time than to be numbering and marking our days in Yahuwah. Because there's another system out there, and they're numbering and they're marking mankind for their own abominable purposes. So we have to beware, we have to be diligent, and we have to be wise. What's the seal? Isaiah Yeshayahu chapter 8 verse 16 tells us what the seal is of the saints. It is you and me that bind up the testimony. We seal the Torah, the book of the covenant, the Torah which is ratified by the blood of Yahushua. It is a Hebrews tells us the Torah given based upon better promises and better blood put in a better place, not on tablets of stone, as Jeremiah the prophet says in the 31st chapter, but on the tablets of your heart. It's all about the book of the covenant, binding up the testimony, seal the law among my disciples. This is the mark. This is the mark that we're looking for. It's the Aleph Tav. The Aleph Tav, of course, the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. It's Yahusha. If we look at the Hebrew letter Tav, it's actually the, the Hebrew letter, it actually means Mark, which is phenomenal, literally. But when the letter Tav is used as a prefix of a verb, it means you shall. So you shall, as in you shall mark. So the letter Tav could actually be written, literally, the letter Tav could actually be written on people's foreheads. The foreheads of the righteous publishing, you shall live. You shall live. And when will they live? during these times, during a time of tribulation, the letter Tav could actually be published upon the very heads of the righteous, and it is saying, you shall live. And of course, this is all tied into the Aleph and the Tav. The letter Tav, then conversely, it could be written on the heads of the wicked in blood. Publishing what? You shall die. Remember, Ezekiel came with the inkhorn. There is the marking of the tav, publishing with the ink of royalty upon the righteous. You shall live. But then publishing the tav on the head of the wicked or some kind of mark in blood, you shall die. Right now, they're, they're trying to scan your foreheads when you go to buy groceries. Scan your foreheads to see what your temperature is like. It's going to be reading your DNA or giving up your blood or them trying to put something in your blood. All of this is very suspect to me and we need to stay well clear of what the kings of the earth are doing. Because right now the kings of the earth, they have fled into their caves and Psalm chapter 2, they are conspiring to wage war against Yahuwah. 
Whoever elected Bill Gates, last time I checked he wasn't elected, but somehow he's the spokesperson for humanity? Are you insane? This is the reality that we live in, and it is surreal, isn't it? Every time we leave our dwellings, it's surreal out there. So anyway, the comfort is this, that Yahusha is the Aleph Tav. He has already marked us, and he will mark us again in the future because he is the Aleph Tav. And the Aleph Tav marks the righteous with an ink Tav, symbolizing they strove to obey the inked words of Yahuwah from the beginning to the end. They are the ones that are marked by the Torah and the testimony. And if they do not have this this word in them, they are not of Yahuwah's, and they will be marked with another tav of blood publishing, you shall die. So scanning foreheads, taking blood, free, giving people free access to your blood, these are all things to really, really stay well clear of, especially when they are trying to do that right now. I'm just warning you, just be very, very careful and very protective of your person and your body. Very protective. Revelation, of course, 12, chapter 17. We are in the Passover season. And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments marked with the ink, and they have the testimony of the Aleph and the Tav. You see the connections here. The Aleph Tav marked with the ink, the word of Yahuwah in Yehushalayim. Yahusha. We are striving to keep his commandments. We are under his covering. The converse of this is those that desecrate their body temple, those that conspire with the kings of the earth, those that take another mark, and in a time when they're trying to scan your foreheads, take your DNA, violate your body space by vaccinations, taking blood, and all of that, I am very, very cautious and very wary. Just stay strong, stand your ground, and if you shall still, stand in the day of calamity. This all harkens back at Passover to the Passover, doesn't it? I mean, we are literally mirroring the very times today because this sign, this marking goes back to the blood on the doorposts in Mitzrayim, Egypt. And here the forehead, of course, is really about the inner soul, isn't it? Who have we made allegiance to? Look at Exodus, Shemot, chapter 15, verse 26. Now, if thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of Yahuwah thy Elohim, and wilt do that which is right in his sight, and wilt give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee. Those are words of comfort today, especially in the world that we're living in today, which I have brought upon the world, the Egyptians, for I am Yahuwah that healeth thee. Fear brings disease, faith brings 
healing. Revelation chapter 14 verse 12. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of Elohim and the faith of Yahushua. The converse of that is Satan is trying to wear the saints down. The world has already been worn down. They have been worn down so easily that within three weeks the world has acquiesced whatever little rights they had left. Yet the saints in this time, we should be gathering what Yahweh has for us as an her- inheritance, a heritage. We should be gathering everything that Yahweh has into our storehouses, into our inner man right now. As the world is acquiescing because they're afraid, the saints should be gathering our inheritance, which is the living manna, because we are the living man. Isn't this powerful? In a time of friction, in a time of deception that is going worldwide when people are afraid. You see, the sealing of believers, it's an assurance. I want assurance more than anything right now. And this is a time of assurance of spiritual safety on the grounds of divine ownership. Spiritual safety on the grounds of divine ownership. I'm owned. I'm marked by the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, I have spiritual safety. Spiritual safety and assurance because of divine ownership. I am not owned by the kings of the earth, no matter what they may do to my body. I am marked and I have divine ownership upon me, and so do you if you've committed your life to Yahushua. That is freedom when the world is giving up their freedoms because they don't know what true freedom is. So they trade. And we know who the trader and trafficker of souls is, Ezekiel 28. And right now in the world that we live, there is a trading and trafficking of souls going on like we have never seen in the history of the world. It is Satan using the kings of the earth, using those that would squeal upon their neighbor because they're afraid. This is what's happening. They're rolling it out and they are not going to roll it back ever to where it was before. The world has changed. We need a change with Yahuwah as we go on this Om account together. Look at verse 5 of Revelation chapter 7. Of the tribe of Judah was sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Reuben was sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Gad was sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Asher was sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Naphtali was sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Manasseh was sealed 12,000. So on and so forth. But what we must note, of course, is verse 8. Of the tribe of Joseph was sealed 12,000. And of course, there is the numbering of the tribes and the distinction here in Revelation 7 on why certain tribes are left out. Of course, many, many speculative theories on that over the past couple of millennia. Well, of course, Dan was into idol worship. But look, all that to say this, 
the tribes of Joseph, which is Ephraim and Manasseh, the double portion are present. This is Joseph's flame coming back from the exile. And it is Joseph that has title deed to the land. Because, of course, Jacob said what? On Ephraim and Manasseh, the house of Joseph, Israel bestowed his name. The name of Israel always belongs to the house of Joseph. It doesn't belong to Judah. It doesn't belong to the synagogue of Satan. It doesn't belong to the state in the Middle East. The name of Israel has always been bestowed upon the sons of Joseph, the house, the flame of Joseph in exile. And we're at this point where we are seeing this amazing, amazing reshuffling of the nations. Bear with me as I try to unlock this further. Now, as we see the listing of the tribes right here in Revelation 7, if you break down their, their, um, their names in the Hebrew, of course, and you can do that just through your strongs, or you can get even deeper into the paleo, but what this comes out in the listing, the way they're ordered, is a particular phrase, and the phrase is, I will praise Yahweh, for he has looked upon me, and he has granted me good providence. I am happy because of my wrestling. Elohim is making me to forget. Elohim hears me and he has joined me. He has purchased me a dwelling and he will add to me the son of the right hand. That's our assurance. That's our inheritance. When the nations are being plundered and stripped, Yahuwah is adding to his people. So be of good cheer in a time of calamity. This is our story. This is our story right now. The called out assemblies story. And it is a story of struggle, but it's a story of redemption. It's a story of victory. It's a story where we get to go into the marriage supper of the Lamb. And that's our story. And the kings of the earth, they cannot take that story from you and me. No matter what they do, locking you in your homes, trying to assault your mind, trying to assault your person, trying to assault. No, because our story, it is written. And it is engraved on the palm of his hands. And that is divine ownership. And with that, death, where is thy sting? Plague, where is thy fear? There is none. You walk strong. You be bold. You be courageous. This is our time to shine. This, of course, all connects back to Genesis chapter 49, verse 10, the prophecy of the scepter. Let's turn there together. Genesis chapter 49, verse 10. Of course, they yanked my blooming sponsor, so now we're going German style here. I don't know why they're letting this stuff in the country, but anyway, we got this, so it is what it is. Genesis chapter 49, verse 10. The scepter shall not depart from Judah nor a lawgiver from among his descendants, until whom it belongs comes the obedient people. 
I love that translation. That's what Shiloh really means. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from among his descendants, until whom it belongs comes the obedient people. Do you see how this correlates with the mark? The mark, the seal of Yahuwah. The people to whom it belongs, the obedient people. It belongs to the people that are marked by the blood of the Lamb, Yahushua, and they are the ones that keep his commandments, the obedient people. The Hebrew word, Shiloh, Shin Lamed Che. It's a title. It means, it has a prophetic meaning. Shiloh, to whom it belongs. It comes from the Hebrew word Shalah, Shalah, which is also spelt with the Shin Lamed Che. It means... To be safe, to be secure, and actually, in the midst of peril, to feel tranquility. That's what Shiloh means. It means to be safe, to be secure, and when the kings of the earth or your own doubts and fears raise up in you, that you overcome those with prayer and supplication, and then you find true healing and tranquility. But you see, you have to make a decision. Will you be marked by the tav of obedience and faith, or will you be marked by the tav of doubt, despair, and giving up to the ways of the world? I choose to be marked by faith, the word, and of course the blood of the Lamb, which is faith in action. Sheen Lamidhe, Shalah, Shiloh, to be safe, to be secure, to be tranquil. Even, a even right now, when we think, wow, this is crazy times. Everything's unsafe. There's no tranquility. I'm insecure. No, no, no. This is the time to be safe. This is the time to be secure. And this is to be the time to be tranquil because we're pressing in to Yahweh, especially during this Om account. And even in a time when the world is afraid and people are touching their faces more than anything because now everyone's wearing these new masks, right, that become fashion accessories. And I just watch and I see these people that are wearing these fashion accessories and they can't keep their hands out of their face. And then within five minutes, all the moisture that they're breathing in and out gets trapped in their mask and, and then they, it tracks all the viruses and the germs. So let me get this straight. So you're putting on a fashion, fashion accessory that's, you know, the American flag or the ones that are really demonic. It's a skull face, right? And then you can't stop touching your face and then you're breathing all your wet moisture into it that then is an attractant to all germs and diseases. You'd be better off to wash your hands and not touch your face and not wear a mask. This is insanity, fear, no tranquility, no peace, absolutely terrified. Even the U.S. Surgeon General admitted that masks are not effective in preventing the CV to the general public from catching CV. Even the U.S. Surgeon General admitted it. So it's all part of the play game. It's all 
part of the play game because the reality is fear opens you up to disease. Faith locks down the inroads of disease because you are empowered by the Holy Spirit which kicks up your immune system and makes you have wisdom to make good decisions in perilous times. I mean, what is it going to be? Are we going to listen to the doctors of the world or are we going to listen to the good physician, our King of Kings? I know the choice that I've made and it's certainly not to go and buy some fashion accessory and be touching my face all the time and breathing hot air. I mean, this is crazy land. It just really is. It's just like, wow, this is the world. This is the world on max for you because fear opens you up to disease. Faith, when realized by Shiloh, brings you to a place of safety, security, and spiritual tranquility. That's the true Shiloh. That's what Shiloh truly is. It's about turning fear of death and disease on its head and supernaturally transforming your world into a place of safe, secure tranquility. And it's your choice. You either give in to the fear or you press through and activate faith and then you'll come to know the true Shiloh. This is powerful stuff, because until Shiloh comes can be read, until whom it belongs comes, and to him shall be the obedience of the peoples when they come. But to him shall be is actually being added in the text by the translators to try and make it make sense, because the Shiloh only belongs, really, if you think about it, to those who believe. The ones that don't believe, they can't apprehend it. The Shiloh only belongs to those that believe, those who believe that they can transform their own world. Do you believe that you can transform your own world? I certainly do. That's faith in action. Or you give in to fear and despair. And that's what the world is doing right now. That's what the world is doing. This is our time to come out of the world. Now look at these two words, obedience and people. These two words in the Hebrew are yikah, which means to obey, and of course am, which means people. Now, like I said, and to him shall be the, are added by the translators, just in order for them to make it say what they think it should say. Again, the literal rendering of this passage says no more than obedient people. Because it's always been about the obedient people that are marked by the blood of the Lamb, which of course Shiloh is a prophecy about. Faith in action bringing safety, peace and tranquility in a time of absolute despair. Do you see the prophetic confirmation of this? Of those who claim Shiloh, they keep his commandments. They are the obedient people. Thereby they are preserved. Thereby they are sealed. They are sanctified. They will get through this CV nonsense because of their faith. Because of their faith in action. Because of their sanctification. They will, in fact, get through the great tribulation in spite of what the rest of the world may be feeling or experiencing.
And that's why you're such a threat to the world. Because you should be feeling and fearing what they are feeling and fearing. But you're not. Therefore, you're a danger to health. Right? You take a paddleboard out into the middle of the ocean and you're all alone. Whoa, that's dangerous. My goodness. My goodness. Let's arrest the man. Let's bring, let's bring sheriff boats. This was on like the news today. Sheriff boats and you got all these patrol officers to re- and arrest a guy who's out in the middle of the blooming ocean minding his own business. So let me guess, get, get this straight. You're going to send two patrol boats to pick him up. Then you're going to put him on the patrol boats. Then you're going to put him in the midst of four sheriffs. And then you're going to take him to jail, jail in the midst of a hundred people. You care about people's health that much. You don't care about people's health. If you cared about this young man's health, you would have let him swim with the dolphins on his own away from everybody. Because last time I checked, there's a lot more ocean out there than there is landmass. So anybody who's on the ocean is actually social distancing really well, aren't they? It's all of us that are on the land that aren't social distancing. This is not about keeping people safe. This is about government control and shutdown and lockdown. It's about breaking people's spirits and giving you a spirit of fear and trepidation as the kings of the earth are now hiding in their bunkers and they are planning, Psalm 2, how to make war against Yahuwah. That's what this is. And now, of course, we've got um, Bill Gates as the spokesperson for humanity. I didn't vote for him. You didn't vote. Well, I don't vote. But, you know, those of you that did vote, you didn't vote for him. So he needs to just bail up, as far as I'm concerned. This is nuts. This is absolutely nuts. But that's the world, right? That is the world. Revelation 7 should remind us that this is the time of Joseph. Joseph is supposed to be a flame that goes out of the nations, not a flickering, flickering candle. We're a flame, a force to be reckoned with because we have faith in action. We're the Shiloh people that are going out and we are apprehending our inheritance as the nation is being, the world is being pillaged and squandered from theirs. It's a whole different philosophy. It's the study of Elohim, not the study of Satan. Look at Genesis chapter 48, verse 15, of course. The blessing, Ephraim and Manasseh, let my name, the name of Israel, always has belonged to the house of Joseph. It never was placed upon the the head of Judah. And that is why, of course, the prophecies fail. Because people think that the name of Israel belongs in the Middle East right now. When it doesn't, it belongs on the name of Joseph, his sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. In First Chronicles chapter 5, you can turn there, you're most probably very familiar with it. It says this, First Chronicles chapter 5. Reuben's birthright was given to the sons of Joseph. Was it given to Judah? No. It was given to the sons of Joseph, the son of Israel. So that the genealogy is not listed according to the birthright, yet Judah prevailed. The Hebrew word here is gabar. It means Judah became insolent over his brothers, and from him came a ruler, although the birthright, which is the name Israel, was Joseph's. And this is why prophecy is all bungled up, 
and you've got the great late planet of the apes or whatever they called it, right? All of this nonsense that we've been dealing with for the 20th century, oh, it's time to return to the land, 1948, all because of this bungling thinking that Judah has the right to the name Israel and that state in the Middle East is some kind of biblical prophecy, of course, which it is not. Prevailed, the Hebrew word there is gabar, meaning Judah became strong and then Judah now, of course, began to act insolently. How? By stealing the birthright, by masquerading as the tribe when really they're not, they're the SOA, right? I don't need to say that word on YouTube nowadays. Now, Judah, of course, would try to keep hold of the scepter, meaning tries to keep hold of a position of superiority over his brethren. How? By strength of his flesh. So those that masquerade as Judah right now, you're seeing this, they are going to keep superiority over the whole world by offering strength of the flesh. You know they've been working in the state of Israel on a vaccine for CV for years before this ever came out. They're going to offer it. They're going to act insolently. It's going to give them a position of strength over humanity as they then disperse the vaccine and are the saviors of the world. They've been working on this for four years. They knew this was coming. It is all about acting in a position of superiority over his brethren by the strength of his flesh and being insolent. This vaccine is going to be the strength of the flesh. It's going to deliver you. And we're ahead of the game. We're ahead of the curve here. We, we've, our scientists have been working on this. For, well, why have you been working on this? For, oh, it's just a coincidence. Really? Really? Okay, yeah, I believe that as well. Yeah, where's the Kool-Aid? This is just unreal. And people are so afraid. They'll be like, oh, oh, yes, 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 yes. Oh, scan me in the head. Yes, yeah. Oh, yeah, scan me in the head. Yeah, I'll do that. No problem. Yes, yeah. Oh, yeah, you can scan. Maybe take a little blood from my head. So, yeah, just mark me right there. Oh, no, right in here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you want some of this? Oh, yeah, for safety, for surrogate. Oh, for sure. Absolute sheep to the slaughter. This is the rollout. This is the rollout. And guess what? In two months, miraculously, it'd be gone. Then guess what? December. Oh, it came back again. Everybody back in your homes, back in your homes, back in your homes. Oh, and everybody be used to it. It'd be rolling out twice a year, then three times a year. It'd be happening. Don't you think this is rolling back all the way back to where it was? Oh, no, now this comes out a couple times a year. Everybody back in your house. Social distancing reenacted. Okay, okay. <sighs> Unbelievable. First Kings chapter 11 verse... Uh, I feel like I'm living in a movie. I mean, I really do. First Kings chapter 11 verse 30. Then... Achijah took hold of the new garment that was on him and he tore it into 12 pieces. 
And he said to Jeroboam, Take for yourself ten pieces, for thus says Yahweh the Elohim of Israel, Behold, I will tear the kingdom out of the hand of Solomon and will give ten tribes to you, but he shall have one tribe for the sake of my servant David and for the sake of Jerusalem, the city which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel. But we have to understand that Jerusalem is the bloodied city. She is no longer the victorious, joyful city of praise. The prophets have already judged her as the bloodied city. And later on, we will find her identified as, in fact, Mystery Babylon. Mystery Babylon. You see, Judah has tried to keep hold of things, or the synagogue of Satan, I should say, has tried to keep hold of things that just aren't theirs. And the evangelical pastors, they've fallen for it and disseminated misinformation since 1948. But right now is a time where the veil is lifting. But those that are still buying that old story, there be the ones that will be under the insolence of Judah as Judah, so they are, so they say they are, roll out the new vaccine and become what? Insolent, those that have the stronghold over the flesh of the world because the world is absolutely terrified of losing their flesh. And this is where we're at. This is where we're at. Judah has tried to keep a hold of things that aren't his. And this whole CV thing is all a power play. And I know some of you out there are super, super um, 45 fans, okay? Fans of the president. Let me just say this. You do know who his son-in-law is. And you do know about Chabad. And you do know about the synagogue of Satan. So just beware. Just beware. Because number 45 isn't a savior. Isn't a savior. That is what SA, the synagogue of Satan is trying to set number 45 to be. By minting a coin and all this nonsense. So our savior sits upon the right hand of the throne. We're not to look to Cyrus's or the kings of this earth because they're all in league and legion together. All in league and legion together. So again, just be very careful with that neocon philosophy. It's very dangerous, very dangerous. And of course, in evangelical Christianity, you have that whole neocon mindset. It's just very dangerous. The biblical fact is Judah cannot build the kingdom of Yahweh. Just simple. Just that simple. Only the tribes of Joseph have the right to the name Israel. It's that simple. Judah never did. Never did. That's why the northern kingdom of the ten tribes is called Israel. The northern kingdom of the ten tribes was never called Judah, was it? No. It was always called Israel. Because wherever Ephraim and Manasseh are, the house of Joseph, that is Israel. And they went up to tell Dan, therefore, that is Israel. But wherever Judah is, that is called Judah. 
But then it would have to be the legitimate Jews, not Ashkenaz imposters. So this is all totally convoluted. But again, here at Torah to the Tribes, I've made that very clear. And I think those of you that have been tuning in for some time know exactly what I talk about. Remember, you can catch us on BitChute if we're not here tomorrow. So check out our channel on BitChute and Baruch Hashem Yahweh Larry has been working so hard putting up our videos on BitChute. We got a banner up there for you. So do check us out on BitChute because they don't like this kind of stuff on the YouTube now. Of course, it's all owned by the Google platform. So again, Check us out on BitChute. So in order to fulfill biblical Israel with all the landmass and security, Judah, the authentic Judah, has to unite with Joseph and they become, of course, the power players in these last days. Which is why I try to identify in my teaching the real house of Judah in exile. And of course, many of you that have been following know about the migration of Judah and the teaching we've done that identifies that. And of course, the farce of Ashkenaz pretending to be something which they're not. So legally, according to the Torah, Judah just can't own any land without Joseph. Do you realize that? Judah just can't own any land without Joseph. Judah has tried to steal the birthright and retain the scepter by force from Joseph. And here in Revelation 7 specifically, the balance is restored. The balance is restored with the inclusion and supremacy of Joseph and the true Judah coming together as that flame in the nations coming in from the exile. Look at Genesis chapter 48, verse 16. Let my, that would be Israel's name, be upon them, and the name of my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, and let them grow into a multitude of teeming fish in the nations. A multitude of teeming fish, and they will be fished out, 153 of them will be fished out with a net of Torah under the hands of Messiah, and that net won't break. That's the 153 teeming fish prophecy of the nations. And who is the house of Israel? Of course, it's Ephraim and Manasseh, the house of Joseph, are the house of Israel with all 12 tribes gathered together. They are the rightful inhabitants of the land. Israel continues administering the blessing of a great multitude. And that's what Revelation 7 is about. The sealing and identification of who we are and who the imposters are as well. Who is it that's going to grow into the teeming multitude? It's not Judah. It's not Ashkenaz, but the sons of Joseph, Ephraim, and Manasseh, and their descendants. In Isaiah chapter 10, verse 20, it says it best. And it shall come to pass in that day that the remnant of Israel and such have escaped of the house of Jacob. The remnant isn't Judah. The remnant is what? 
the house of Israel. That's the true remnant. Judah can only be called Israel legally through the Bible when the tribes are united as one and they're echad under Joseph's rulership, that tip of the flame, that tip of the frame, flame. Joseph, which of course we've now established, is Ephraim and Manasseh, is to be restored to true rulership once the world is purged. Right now, you have to ask yourself a question. Are we at that point? Are we at that point? Joseph, which is Ephraim and Manasseh, is to be restored to rulership once the world is purged. Are we going through a purging? Is the world shifting in a manner that is unlike anything that has ever happened before? This is where the one new man is being constructed as the old world is being deconstructed. And those of fear will be rounded up into FEMA camps and placed upon the guillotine. These things have been prepared for over a decade. But now is a time for us to act to be that flame, to not give in to fear, but to operate in the full biblical prophecies of faith. This is the time, and it's hard to see. I know it's hard to see out there right now because there's so much disinformation or just information. But the Bible is very clear that Joseph is being raised up in the nations, the house of Joseph. All 12 tribes gathered together as the kings of the earth take refuge in the rocks, in the mountains, and Psalm 2 conspire against Yahuwah because, of course, their kingdom is a kingdom of Satan, who is the trafficker and trader in souls, Ezekiel 20. And right now, they are looking how to traffic and trade in men's souls through vaccinations, through shutting down the economy, through absolutely locking people in their homes. This is the crushing of men's souls so that they can begin their trading, their bartering on their new governmental programs that they're setting up as these kings of the earth inspire together. But as that's going on, Yahweh is doing something else with me, with you, with the people of faith. He is building the one new man, giving us clarity of vision to see what's happening. But we can't, and we're not supposed to, foretell the future. We can only operate in what we see today, and we be faithful to it. And we must know the prophecy is the gathering of all 12 tribes together that Joseph is the flame. But beware of the synagogue of Satan. Beware of those that have tried to steal. Beware of those that conspire against the flesh of mankind because they are planning to gabar, act insolently over the world by rolling out the solution to the problem that they have created. The president is in league with them. 
That's all I'll say. Because this is all about the kings of the earth. So this whole Trump savior thing that some people are floating out there, is you've got to be careful. We must look to the savior, not to men and not to the kings of this earth. So, continuing on and finishing up here, we do find, of course, the calling out of the 144,000. But this is a time where there should be the calling out of the 144,000, but also the great multitude, the calling out in our hearts. Because Judah, we know, has lost the rights to the scepter, lost the rights to the land, which is the birthright. Judah has been given the mandate to do what? Follow Joseph's lead. Because Joseph has been given the mandate to govern the house of Israel. And right now, all governments are in jeopardy. They are all in jeopardy and they are fighting and clamoring to survive right now. They are taking counsel together, the kings of the earth. They are in hiding, Revelation chapter 6 verse 15, Psalm chapter 2 verse 2. But we know that Yahweh, whilst they're doing that, is gathering his government together that rests upon the shoulders of the Aleph Tav. Do you see the converse of what's happening? There's a marking of one group, but there's a marking of another group. There is fear, panic, disruption and mayhem, and then there is faith in action, stability, power of prophecy going forth into the nation. Two governments and this is what's happening right now. We live in amazing times, but we're not supposed to be trying to predict the future. What's going to happen tomorrow? What's Look, tomorrow is tomorrow. And if we get to tomorrow, then we begin day one of the Omer count. And we do what we should do on day one of the Omer. There is no better time prophetically to be counting the omer now to go from that fear stage of being like an animal that eats barley to the faith stage in 50 days of the wheat harvest of the one new man. That's what I'm counting on, a transformation, because I know that where the government that I sit under sits and rests upon the shoulders of the Lamb. Baruch Hashem, Yahweh. Let's see if we've got some questions and comments and... Uh, Make it a little shorter today because I went on so long the past couple of weeks. All right, let's see what we've got in the chat today. All right. Um. All right, this question is Shalom from, um, this is from Much More Truth. This is Brandon. Um, Torah to the tribes. Are the 144,000 the same as the assembly of Philadelphia 
and the marriage supper of the Lamb. Again, you know, everybody's got, this seems like, oh, this group is the 144,000. We won't know until they're marked and sealed. But what we do know is that we are to be the people that have the testimony of Yahushua and keep the commandments. I can't see anybody being 144,000 if they're not keeping the book of the covenant, which is ratified by the blood of the Lamb. Because we know you have to have the testimony of Yahushua and keep his commandments. And it's not rabbinical commandments, and it's not lawlessness. So it is a very narrow road, that I do know. And of course, we know we have the two witnesses, Larry. Who do we have as the assemblies as the two witnesses? We have Smyrna and Philadelphia. Correct, which is lines up with your question. So it, it makes sense to me that it, it, it would be Philadelphia and Smyrna, the two witnesses there. So good question. Hope that I made sense. All right. Robert Edwards, is the CV, the virus, a dry run for the real takeover? Again, assumptions, I'm assuming so. I think that they're going to have this thing roll back in, 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 um, by summer, and then boom, it'll be a time of tranquility, of course, a false peace. And then they'll roll that puppy right out again in winter. They'll be rolling it in, rolling it out. And eventually the, the, the souls of men will get worn down and they'll just come to accept it. Oh, it's, yep, it's that time. Uh, we're on house arrest again. Oh, we got the so. And it becomes the new norm. It's the Hunger Games. It's the Hunger Games. It's all. The end game. That's the end game. They're just moving us further towards it, of course. Um, let's see what else we got here. Matthew, could you please comment on the 153 again? Yes, 153. Give me that verse. Where is that? It's in, I might need my glasses here. 153. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Got to find my references here. Off the top of my head, I was just throwing that one out there. Now, now I'm being put on the spot. Being put on the spot. Let's see. 153. Help if I could spell, wouldn't it? There we go. Ah, uh, well, I didn't find it, did it? Is the verse in the Brit Hadashah of the 153. Anyone help me here? Help me. Where is it? Who's got their concordance off the top of my head? Right, we'll have to get back to that one. Give me the verse in the, in the Brit Hadashah in Matthew or John 153 when Yahushua casts out the net. We'll get back to that one and when you give me that verse. I'll be able to turn to it. Okay. Oh, this question. Michelle Moneywell. Matthew, who do you think appoints kings? Yah. And certainly the USA is in biblical prophecy and Judah never lost scepter. Okay, so that sounds like more of a statement than a question apparently. Okay, so let's see what else we got here. 
Here's a question from Tonya Dahl. Matthew, what verses support your belief that Judah and Ephraim didn't become one stick when Yahusha came the first time? Blessings and shalom from the Dahls in the wilderness. I would say James chapter 1 to the 12 tribes scattered abroad would, um, would be my um, verse to support that. Plus, I did not come but for the lost, still lost, sheep of the house of Israel, meaning they were not joined into one stick yet. Um, Modesto, question. Shabbat shalom to you all out there in the chat. I hope you're having a good time. You know what? Even in a time of crisis, it's good to have all of the um, connections online. Go to TorahToTheTribes.com forward slash connect. I think almost every day except for one, you can connect on the Zoom platform with one another. I know tomorrow we've got the men's group, the women's prayer group, the sisters group, then we've got the Tory youth worldwide. So what better time in a time of quarantine than to go digital and at least have some fellowship? Because it's not good for us to be isolated. We need to be in faith and in community. This question from Modesto. Regarding forced vaccinations, Biblically, do you think it's right to fight it for your family and maybe endanger them physically or separation? Or should we be a sheep and let Yahuwah avenge? Well, that's a great question. I think ultimately it's best to be the gray man um, and to make wise decisions. Um, excuse me, wise decisions. Um, and I'm trying to learn in my life personally not to always fight because I am naturally a fighter, but sometimes it's better I'm finding just to take pause and, and not, not rise up, not fight. So I see what you're saying. Again, isn't it part of being as wise as a serpent and as harmless as a dove? And uh, it's a great question. I don't know if I have the answer for you, Modesto. But that's a great question he's is asking it. This is from Garaet Seal. Question at Torah to the Tribes. Is Oh, is 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 it wise to leave social media or is that fear? No, I think it I think social media, it's good to be on social media. But it, again, it needs to be, you need to be disciplined and then you need to be um, guarded on what you put out there. So your private and personal information. So, you know, just use it to connect with people, but maybe don't use it to, you know, your location services and to blast all kinds of things that maybe could get you um, flagged, that type of thing, says he who's, you know, <laughs> on YouTube. But. Anyway, let's see what else. Oh, very good question. Craft cast Nate. Shabbat Shalom, craft cast Nate. Matthew, do you think that we should find a place in the wilderness away from people? Yes. Yes. Sketchy, sketchy, says this. Is Joseph symbolic to Yeshua? 
And if so, what is the symbolism concerning Ephraim and Manasseh? Could they be true Israel, true, true Judah? Well, I do believe that, yes, Joseph, of course, is symbolic of Yeshua. There's many ways to look at it. You've got Joseph, of course, going down into Egypt, the literal patriarch Joseph, which is a symbol of Yahushua. There's so much parallelism in the prophecy there. Then you've got distinctly the house of Joseph in exile. That is Ephraim and Manasseh. That then the house of Joseph, that is Ephraim, which was the dominant tribe, then is called and classified as Israel, of course, 10 Israel. And then you have Judah that is a southern tribe and is its own kingdom. But when, Revelation 7, all 12 tribes come together, they will come under Joseph, Messiah, Ben Joseph, but also under the leadership or the banner, the flame, the book of Joel tells you, the flame of Joseph, the leading predominant tribe, which is Ephraim in exile, will gather in all 12 and then they will be the nation of Israel after a purging. But right now, as the world is being purged, the counterfeiters, those who act insolently over their brethren are going to roll out a vaccination that is then going to be let them be masters over the flesh of humanity which is then going to be capitalized and monetized and the nations will come a trembling so just watch for that so there's many layers to this definitely definitely let's see what else we got here Oh, I just got my Bible verse. Thank you. I got Matt John chapter 21, verse 11 for the 153. Let's turn there and see if we can go back and answer um, that question on the 153. I knew it was in John somewhere. And of course, it is this text. Breakfast by the sea, we find Yahushua, of course, magnified and glorified, resurrected. We find in John chapter 21, what was the 153? We find in verse 11. Shimon Peter, Simon Peter, went up and dragged the net to land full of large fish, 153. And all Although there were so many, the net was not broken. There's so many of us in exile. But the net isn't going to be broken. As Yahushua casts out the net of the book of the covenant, Torah, to the nations, he's going to gather in all 12, Revelation 7, all 12 tribes into that net, and the net will not be broken. Come and eat of the breakfast. So one of the 153 fish chosen from the foundation of the world is numbered. And of course, this prophecy of the 153 comes from the book of Hosea. Now, in Hosea, um, it's understood that 153, using Hebrew gematria, actually is a numerical expression, and the value of a numerical expression that is found in Scripture 
only once. So 153, if you break that down in the gematria, it equals the value of this expression. And this expression only appears one time in the Bible, and it is um, the sons of the living Elohim. And that's what Yahushua is doing. He is gathering the sons of the living Elohim. That phrase, the sons of the living Elohim, equals 153 in Hebrew gematria, and it's found right within the prophecies of the book of Hosea. It's really saying you will be a fisher of men and you will be fishing for the lost sheep of the house of Israel and their companions in exile. This is the great I am, of course, fishing for us in exile. And you'd have to go back to Hosea to answer that fully. The book of Hosea, it's all connected to the phrase, the sons of the living Elohim. Anyway, I could spend, that's a whole blooming teaching in itself. Great question, though. Thanks, Lenny, for hooking me up with the Bible verse there. John chapter 21, verse 11. All right, what else we got here? What else we got? Oh, Great question. Bridget Mansir. Shabbat Shalom, Bridget. Um, does the Antichrist come from Dan? Traditionally from two millennia. Of course, yes, that's what they say. Serpent, Danite nations. You know, I could go off on a tangent on that. In fact, I might for a little bit because it is kind of interesting about, um, about Dan and the Danite nations. Of course, um, what we find right here in Revelation chapter 7 is that Joseph is the one that is substituted for Dan. That's what we see. Joseph is substituted for Ephraim and Dan in Revelation chapter 7. But Joseph does encompass Ephraim, but Joseph doesn't encompass Dan. So these are the irregularities that we do see in Revelation chapter 7 with John's tribal lists. And the tribe of Dan, as, as like I said, it's, it's totally admitted. Why is that? And the tribe of Ephraim is admitted. But it's really included, Ephraim, indirectly, because Joseph, of course, was the father of Ephraim and Manasseh. This means in reality, then, that the tribe of Manasseh is included twice, isn't it? Really? Because Manasseh is included, but it's also included under Joseph. So it's a double, double blessing right there. It's a double portion. So Manasseh gets the double portion, if you will. But Ephraim came from Joseph, and, and then Dan is replaced by Joseph that really now keys into the Danite nations. And, you know, if you know what's going on in, 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 in the Danite nations right now during this CV crisis, it's, it's pretty, pretty scary what's happening over there. Because we know that Dan was involved in some serious idolatry, so therefore Dan would fall under the judgment of Yahweh because of that idolatry. Meaning, is it possible that Dan's children wouldn't be sealed? That Dan's children would not be protected? 
that Dan's children, the Danites possibly, would become so secularized, they would fall for the edicts of the kings of the earth during a time of great trepidation and great judgment, which I believe is right now. Is it true that this secularized Danites would become judged and they would not be sealed? Well, it is interesting to note right now that the Danite nations is where you're seeing the full fury of CV tyranny. Absolute tyranny in the Danite nations with the kings of the earth. In the Danite nations right now, you've got forced vaccinations. I mean, strapped down house to house. In their initial order, they were actually going to allow the police to come into people's houses and give them forced vaccinations. This is a total pandemic lockdown in the day-night nations. I do not find that a coincidence. The nation is has undergone um, absolute micro-social judgment. They're not going undergoing sealing, are they? No, they're undergoing absolute micro-social judgment. It's not like a remnant rising. It's like a remnant being crushed and a remnant being judged. Now, the initial draft of the Copenhagen law was so crazy, so Orwellian and draconian, and it would have allowed the cops to enter private homes in Denmark without a warrant. This is crazy. Without a warrant, if there was even a hint, just a suspicion that somebody had a CV infection and would force vaccinate them on the spot. But now it's been, you know, slightly softened to just force vaccination and prison time and social shaming. So is there judgment going on in Dan? For sure and for certain. Specifically now, they're one of the most secularized lost nations. Now that doesn't mean there isn't one of you out there that's watching right now that is born again in Denmark. I'm not saying that. Praise Yahweh. Yahweh can work in the midst of a crisis. But as a whole, the nation is being judged major secularized because they've gone under after the folly of their leadership, the kings of their earth, the kings of the earth. So needless to say, of course, Bill and Melinda Gates staged this worldwide pandemic drill just a couple of months before the, the, the turn of the year anyway. So they're all in league with one another. All that to say, it's a bunch of bananas out there, isn't it? Absolutely blooming bananas. Good grief. Let's see what else we got. Ah. This is a great question. Shabbat Shalom, Wonder Word. Will all the tribes come together and leave their places of scattering in the natural? I do believe so.
but it will have to be supernatural just as as we said a few weeks we had a, a commentator in the in, in in studio here it would have to be a supernatural leading if we leave early an act of the flesh it will be like the book of Jasher chapter 70 or chapter 77 where um, Ephraim is slaughtered in the wilderness because they left 40 years early they read the prophecies wrong so again it will be a supernatural but first of all there has to be a judgment over in the Middle East on the imposters so that's something that we have to wait for this is from this question is from Pookie do you think a convergence of Sunday law along with Noahide laws will bring persecutions to Christians you know there's a lot of speculation about the Sunday laws, and I know the Sunday laws comes from the, the um, oh, crikey, Ellen G. White group. What group is that again? Seventh-day Adventism. And uh, the Great Conspiracy, okay? But then that's been tagged along with the Noahide laws. I do think the Noahide laws are very dangerous, and I, I do, but I, I just have a hard time seeing how they would implement that, not only against Christians, but against the, the Mohammedans. The Mohammedans aren't going to go for it. So I just don't see how that could quite be. I think it's a lot of fear myself. It's definitely something to keep an eye on. It's definitely something to be watchful. But you know, they're not going to float that one by the Mohammedans. You've got to get it by everybody if you're going to be kicking it in. And that, that's just not going to happen. So I think, you know, that's a, a lot of it does come from the great conspiracy with the Sunday laws. And then it's tagged on to a lot of messianics that came out of Seventh-day Adventism that then got into the fear of the Noahide laws and then pushed and combined them forward. Not to say that that's a good thing, the Noahide laws that's being propagated by the synagogue of Satan. It's definitely not. But I don't know personally if that's something that's right on my radar um, as far as to be really wary of. I mean, it's been on the books for what, since the late 90s, hasn't it? So there's a lot of crazy stuff on the books, as you can see. Um, let's see. Here we go. But again, I'm not discounting it totally, but I always see that little, you know, Seventh-day Adventist, not to, you know, dog on the Seventh-day Adventist, it's more LNG white. Um, I just think it's something to be, be careful of. What we got here? This is from Danielle. Shabbat Shalom, Danielle. Um, I'm new to the teaching of the Torah. Do you believe the CV is the beginning of the tribulation. I see this as a huge sign of God's judgment against horrific sins. I agree with you. I see this as a huge sign of judgment, but I don't know specifically as if I would say the CV is a judgment from Yah. I would say it's just consequence of man's just folly and man capitulating to the kings of the earth. And the kings of the earth are wicked as hell. They're in league with the synagogue of Satan, and it's all manufactured to be part of this rollout of taking away people's rights, people's life, and trying to traffic in Ezekiel 28, souls of men. Now, I do believe, and I've said it many times, many, many, many times before, that there is, of course, Jacob's trouble before the Great Tribulation. I think this could definitely be 
us moving into Jacob's trouble. But I do not think that we are at that great tribulation yet. But this is the frog being warmed up in the boiling water to a very, very difficult stage. So Jacob's first trouble was when he left Laban's house and he was severely vexed and there was a division of his house. Right now, the kings of the earth are trying to divide humanity from humanity. This is the greatest worldwide division of man from man that has ever happened in the history of mankind. This has everything that Jacob's trouble have. It is a division from humanity, from humanity, based upon threat and fear of Esau. He's coming. He's, we've got to divide, divide, divide. So the, if you divide man from man's self, then man's soul becomes vexed and troubled. Once man's soul becomes vexed and troubled, it is then easy prey for Satan to come in and start trading with men's souls. And that's where I believe we're at. Jacob's trouble. Then, of course, later Jacob had his great tribulation when the sons came back with the tunic that was dipped in blood and he believed, of course, it wasn't true, but he believed that his beloved Joseph was dead. We're not at that point yet, but as I say, I think this is all leading into it, into it. Oh, lots of questions today. I have to pause. I have to pause and take a sip from the other side of the ocean here. Let's see. Better not be from the bloody ocean. Oh, this would be a question for Larry. Larry, pick up the microphone here. Um, this is from Laurel Austin. Shabbat Shalom, Laurel. There has been a lot of star movement in the night skies. Have you seen this or have you an opinion on what's going on? Would you like to address that, Larry? Well, what I've seen is the... Uh Revelation 12, the, the woman clothed in the sun, moon at her feet, crown of 12 stars on her head. <clears throat> uh, that was September 23rd, 2017. And, uh, <clears throat> and it's really amazing what all is in Revelation 12. It's, I, I can't wait till you get to that. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I mean, that there... The dragon is there waiting to devour the child, which I believe corresponds with uh, the dragon going after um, the woman, and then uh, he gets away to the wilderness, and he turns and goes after the rest of her children. Uh, but I've heard a lot of other stuff that I really don't know a whole lot about. Uh, so, I mean, I, I believe there is a, I believe you told me um, that there's a, is there a blood moon or something like that coming up uh, soon? 
Yeah, so I, th I think, you know, we're definitely in that season. We should be looking up into the heavens for our redemption does draw nigh. And the signs and the seasons, they are upon us. They are upon us and specifically the prophecy, of course, Revelation chapter 12. We saw all of that line up and give us the date again. September 23rd, 2017. Yep, so now here's a great question from Renee. Um, since Yahusha is our Passover lamb, are we to eat lamb on the Passover? Well, again, if you look at the scripture, we really break down with the Kiddush, the unleavened bread, and, you know, I just had a wonderful Passover. I mean, I, I really was saddened that we couldn't get together, but it was the first time I'd had a Passover with just my family in over a decade, and we did eat of lamb, of course. But we know that we're not, like, eating of Yahusha's flesh or anything like that. It's just a common meal as we're in the house, and the symbology is the unleavened bread, which is pierced and striped, and of course, that third cup of the Passover, and with that third cup of the Passover, which is symbolizing the blood of Yahusha, and that bread, when we partake of it, with that third cup of the Passover, is symbolizing his body. Then everything else, you know, um, is, is the meal, the feta, or if you choose to do lamb. That's all just part of your meal and breaking bread and fellowship in Passover together. But we don't go out and slay a lamb and apply the lamb to the the doorpost. That was an ordinance for Egypt, back in Egypt, a one-time ordinance. That isn't what we do now, because we know that we apply the blood to the lamb, the blood of the lamb to our hearts, and when we come to salvation. So now we do the common union, the communion, once a year at the Passover is when we do communion. That's when we take of the third cup and break the bread that is pierced and striped. So you can have lamb or not. It matters not. Um, let's see here. Oh, good question here from Alma Gordon. Shabbat Shalom, Alma. Oh, this is a tough one. It's not a tough one. I have to be so careful online nowadays. What do you think of the what do you think of the the arrested pastor? Are they sending a message to the believers? Is this an opening to the government? I'd love to be able to say more. Yes, you're right. Yes. Yes. Ah. Oh, so frustrating. To be, uh, I mean, I'd love to be able to communicate so much better than with some of these things, but uh, I hope that we can be together and um, and communicate. May, I hope we can be together at the the feasts. We'll see what happens, right? Who knows? Who knows? Olivia Tate, do you think Jerusalem could be here in the states? Due to the being the place the Bibles say to be near, what are your thoughts? All I know is right down the road from where I live is a place called Goshen. Right across the road is a place called Kings Valley. So uh, I live in Shalem, Salem. So it's very interesting. Now we could get into the earth mounds. 
we could get into the Paleo-Hebrew, we could get into the giants that have been discovered all over this country, we could get into the shipping routes of, of course, Solomon, and that would be just an amazing, amazing for many of us. So there are huge possibilities. The Ten Commandments, the Paleo-Hebrew, all of the earth mounds that are in this land here. It's very interesting. There is much to discover, much to discover. And, uh, oh, hang on, somebody else is texting me here. Tamara Salerno is reminding me to get my backside up out of bed next Shabbat because I am going to be on the Zoom platform. Okay, all right, all right. I, I, I wonder today around like one o'clock if I was supposed to. I'm glad it wasn't today because I would have missed it because I was having a nice little nap, a nice Shabbat nap, dreaming of... You don't even want to know. I've been trying to stay calm. I really have. I mean, are you having crazy dreams? I mean, everybody, aren't we? Oh, my goodness. Calm the Henry down. Matthew. I watched... Um, um, oh, stay focused, stay focused. Go off on another tangent. I have to stay calm here. All right, here we go. We're coming to the end, you guys. All right, beautiful job, beautiful job. Baruch Hashem, great questions today, everybody. Really great questions. I hope you had a blessed time in the, in the chat. I had a blessed time for me. You know, a couple of weeks news break. It was good for me, good for my soul. I pray it was good for you and good for your soul to be in Revelation chapter 7. There's nothing like the word of Yahuwah to ground us. When everything else is going absolutely mayhem, just be in the Word. Be in prayer. Cleanse our mind and wash our minds by the renewing of the Word. This is the time, I'm telling you, for the simple things, isn't it? This is the time for the simple things. Those that you love around you. And if you're alone, then come and join one another on the Torah to to the tribes connection platforms because we are the saints and we love one another because he first loved us but it is time for the simple things having fellowship breaking bread reading your scriptures being in prayer meditating you can't get enough prayer and bible in you right now and i know we're all tempted to watch youtube and i'm so glad you're watching this right now but ultimately we have to be in the word we have to be in prayer because yahweh works through the inspiration of his word and i know that i have been blessed through his word my life since the time i came to know him and i pray that you're blessed today Thank you, all of you, in a time of scarcity for still supporting Torah to the Tribes with your financial giving. It means the world to me. It means the world for us as a ministry. And please, right now is the time to hit that subscribe button and give us some thumbs up. Hit the thumbs up and catch us live. Enjoy the comments. We've got the comment section open keep it holy and bless you all guys truly i love the saints and i am so moved with the prayers of the saints and thank you for the letters 
Thank you, Alma, again for the letters and Elena for the letters. Just phenomenal. I just read, read Elena's letter again this afternoon. I save it for Shabbat because um, then I can have a nice cup of tea and a square of chocolate and really enjoy it. So thank you. It means the world to me. I love to hear of your visions and your dreams and how you're interpreting the Bible. And just that you take the time to put pen to paper and stick a stamp and mail it all the way to Salem means the world to me. Quarantine and lockdown, off we go. But again, stay strong, be courageous, faith in action. We will be victorious. Shabbat Shalom. <laughs>